We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Kuszewski takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I am your host for tonight, Justin as OKC falls to the Los Angeles Lakers for the first time this season, 95 to 116. Before we dive in, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of SI Thunder. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. It means a lot, and we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. In addition to our podcasts and our live streams, you can find our content on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, and, and, and TikTok. And TikTok. How about that? OKC falls to the Lakers, a team they had somehow managed to beat twice this season. Oklahoma City came out sluggish, got down by double digits. Stop me if you've heard this before. Looked like they might come back. But unfortunately, tonight for the Thunder, that was not in the cards. The comeback hopes were short-lived. Oklahoma City starts this one off slow, like I mentioned. They get outscored by double digits in the first quarter, 32-18 to after one. LeBron was on fire. Avery Bradley was on fire. I don't know what to do with that information, but the Lakers were killing it from the outside while Oklahoma City shot 0 of 11 from behind the arc to start the game. Second quarter, Oklahoma City did what Oklahoma City does. They went on a 12-0 run, and you said, oh boy, here we go. I've seen this movie before. I know how this goes. Oklahoma City just did it the other night. They love double-digit comebacks more than almost any team in the league. However, as soon as they went on the 12-0 run, they went through an almost three-minute stretch without a basket to end the half, and they go into halftime down 19 and it never got closer than that for the most part. Like I said, Oklahoma City loses 116-95. to 
the Lakers looked good, which is a rarity this season. They played well overall. No Anthony Davis tonight for Los Angeles, but it didn't matter. Um, Oklahoma City is obviously undersized on the inside, and that that didn't even have to get exploited by an Anthony Davis because the Lakers were lighting it up from outside. They shoot 45% from behind the arc. They made 19 threes tonight compared to Oklahoma City, who shot 10 of 44 for a cool 22.7% from behind the arc. If you're looking for the stat that sums up the game, look no further. Three-point shooting really kind of sums it up for this one tonight. Oklahoma City, not much better overall from the floor. 39.6% overall, 38 of 96 from the floor. Just couldn't get the ball to go in the basket. The Lakers coming off a back-to-back. You thought maybe they wouldn't have the legs. Didn't look to be the case with LeBron James. He looked like he was uh, 24 years old out there tonight. It was vintage LeBron. He was bullying people. I think he shot 9 of 10 in the first half. Ends 13 of 20 from the floor. 33 points, 6 assists, 5 boards, 3 steals, 4 of 6 from behind the arc. Just stat stuffing from LeBron James like you come to expect with him. No matter how old he is. He can seem to pull it out against any team, any night. And tonight against the Thunder was no exception. You also had Avery, Avery Bradley deciding to be good. Um, sure. Okay. 22 points for Avery Bradley. Six of eight from behind the arc. You have four of six from behind the arc for LeBron and six of eight for Avery Bradley. That's stuff to overcome. I mean, <laughs> if Avery Bradley's going to shoot six of eight from behind the arc. Okay. Uh, he's probably not going to do that very often. So enjoy the dub Lakers. Uh, but that that's tough to overcome if you're Oklahoma City, no matter what you're doing on the other end of the floor. So that's that's a tease of the Lakers. I, I'm kind of I'm done. I'm done t- talking about the Lakers. Let's talk about the Thunder. And we have to start with our guy, Trey 1K, Trey Mann. Trey Mann has been on a hot streak lately. Ever since he's come back from that little stint in the G League, he's looked really strong. And this is a theme that we've seen with a number of Thunder players. They go down to the G League. They get a burst of confidence. They get some more time handling the ball. They get some more opportunities to lead an offense, to get more minutes, to get more focus. And it seems to do good things for them. Trey Mann, uh, our guy Jacob, got to cover a couple of those blue games in person, got to speak with Trey Mann after the game. It's obvious that, you know, he was looking forward to that opportunity and he's come back and made the most of it tonight. Trey man, 19 points off eight of 15 shooting three of eight from behind the arc, three boards, one steal and one magnificent poster. If you did not see it, pause the podcast, go look up a clip. It's magnificent. Trey went up, cocked that thing all the way back. And I think it was, was it Wes Matthews or Wayne Ellington? Wayne Ellington that he just, he murdered. He sent that man to the grave. He sent him to, to the netherworld. It was beautiful. Uh, and shout out to our guy, Nick on our last live stream. He said, Trey man's dunking is underrated. Kind of compared him to, um, Anthony Simons in Portland, who was in the dunk contest a couple years ago. We got to see a little bit of that on display tonight. Shout out Nick for calling that one. Uh, I don't even know if Nick saw that dunk coming, but it's nice. He's got some bounce. He's got some burst to him, some explosion. He was creating for himself tonight. Had a couple nice step back threes. He had some nice layups. He had a real flashy layup where he kind of went up and under after the dunk. And as Joseph Dieterman in the chat points out, he had a really nice steal 
on Russ as well. Trey was eating his broccoli tonight. If you don't know that reference, shame on you. Uh, but it was from earlier in the season when Coach Dagnall mentioned that Trey Mann needs to eat his broccoli in regards to playing defense. That was before he went down to the G League. That was a big focus for him when he was down there. He's making strides in that department. He's still not like an elite defender or anything like that, but he's showing improvement. He's showing consistent effort, and we're seeing that pay off for him tonight. You get a nice steal on Russ. You get some nice plays on offense. 28 minutes overall for Trey Mann, which is fourth highest tonight. Really, really solid stuff. And that continues a game in a solid streak for Trey Mann. Hope to see it continue. I hope he continues to make the most of his opportunity. What we know about this Thunder team is the roster is deep. The rotation is deep, but it doesn't last guys get you know their opportunity and then it'll be somebody else's turn we'll see how much longer trey man continues to kind of get these featured minutes and opportunities hopefully he continues hopefully hopefully he can earn more um but but for the time being really impressive stuff from trey man we've also got to talk about josh giddy mr giddy tonight 12 points seven rebounds seven assists once again, flirting on that like vaguely almost triple-double line, which he's done so many times this season. We actually had a, a tweet from Thunder PR tonight that Josh Giddy became the first Thunder rookie to record four games with 10-plus points, seven-plus boards, and seven-plus assists. Like I mentioned, not quite triple-doubles, but he's getting there, and it's really impressive for the 19-year-old rookie. Obviously, playing in the NBL last year, he, he had some triple-double moments, and we, on our season bets episode, if you listen to that, we made lots of bets revolving around when and how many triple doubles we'd see from Josh Giddy. And he could, he just continues to fill it up. He had some struggles tonight. I think that goes along with how teams are getting more advanced in their scouting of Josh Giddy, some of his tendencies, the way he comes across the key and different things like that. But his ball movement continues to be impressive. His touch passes, he had a couple tonight. There was one where... I think it was JRE passed it out to him and he bounced it back as JRE cut the lane who then kicked it over to Kenrich. I might have those names mixed up, but it was a really nice play. He also had a really quick like hot potato touch pass to a cutting guy. It's really, really nice. And as was pointed out in the chat, so many players refuse to shoot when he passes the ball to them when they're wide open. Shout out Darius Baisley on that front. Um, Giddy showed a little bit of frustration. He kicked it out to Bays, who was wide open. Bays kind of gathered and pump faked and stood there for a really long time. And Giddy just stared at him. And then Bays finally shot and it didn't go in. So if you if you count potential assists, the numbers are even higher. That's just a uh, a factor of the way this Thunder team is constructed right now. But I think for Giddy, another really impressive game from him uh, continues to put up really strong numbers with that starting unit. Um, I don't, I don't know what else you can say about him. He he's doing well. I think he can continue to adjust to some of those scattering report things that we're seeing teams kind of playing on him, um, taking advantage of some things that'll be on him to adjust. But I think so far for the rookie, you got to feel really good about him. So you think about those two rookies we just talked about, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, uh, obviously JRE, another solid performance. He just is always solid. He's always doing the right things. And then uh, you, you add in Wiggins as well. And this rookie class for the Thunder is just really impressive. Um, our guys over at Boomtown Hoops had a tweet tonight. How are you feeling about their rookie group tonight? 
versus how you were on draft night, which I think is a really interesting kind of like moment as Thunder fans to step back and evaluate. We did our our draft night live stream and there was tons of sad boys in our chat (laughs) after the Thunder picks about like, what are the Thunder doing? And I get it. Like Upper and Shangoons looked fun. Uh, We were all really excited about James Book Night. Like I understand why those feelings were there, but I think looking at where this group stands now, you've got to feel pretty good about who the Thunder have in the stable, who they picked up. Uh, Trey Mann, if he can continue to progress like this with that those scoring outbursts and the ability to just kind of be like a microwave scorer for this team, awesome, awesome pickup. JRE is a glue guy. He's the Nick Collison. He's the he's the do all the little things to win basketball games. Awesome find for a second round guy. And then Josh Giddy. We all know it. We've all seen it. We've seen what he's capable of. If he can keep that up, uh, the man's going to be a star. Uh, he's already so much fun to watch. He had a, a really nice spin move tonight. He got, he got stuck out there guarding LeBron James early in the game on a switch and like, welcome to the NBA, young fella. 19-year-old going toe-to-toe with LeBron James. Um, I'm sure that was terrifying. I think I would have peed myself if I was a 19-year-old guarding LeBron James, but I am not. I've never had to worry about that. Looking beyond the youngins tonight, SGA, probably his worst game against the Lakers this season, which is a pretty high, or I don't know what I'm trying to say. His other two are a really high bar. That's what I'm going for. He played incredible in the first two games against the Lakers. Obviously a huge part of why they won those games, those comeback victories. Not as much tonight. He didn't play a terrible game by any means. 11 points, four assists, two rebounds, one block, uh, five of 12 shooting, one of three from behind the arc. Just pretty pedestrian game he wasn't in control like we've seen him do so many times this season he didn't dominate like he did the other night against toronto he didn't take it over where it just feels like man he might be the best player on the court hard to do when you're playing on a court with lebron james but would have liked to see a little more aggressiveness out of him and similarly for his canadian backcourt mate lou dort both of them went off in toronto and they just felt a little bit passive tonight lou dort also with 11 points four of 17 shooting an icy cold two of 11 from behind the arc. Um, at least he continued his three point made basket streak. But other than that, not stellar on the offensive end from Lou Dort. Pretty underwhelming performance. Um, but I think that that goes across the board. You have to look at games like this for the Thunder in terms of roster development and progression and hoping to find positives that you can take out of this game in terms of development when the final score may not be the most important thing. And, and so that's why I let off starting with Trey Mann and Josh Giddy, um, especially Trey Mann. I think seeing those kind of developmental minutes for him. Yeah, the game was a blowout. But seeing what he was able to do against a team that's had its struggles but has been pegged as a, a title-contending team for this season against elite talent in the NBA, what he did tonight was very impressive. Kenny Hustle, everybody's favorite trade chip as of late. Zero points tonight. 0 for across the board shooting. 0 of 5, 0 of 2 from behind the arc. 0 of 2 from the line. I don't know what it is about like the media, like cycle but Kenny Hustle seems to come up a lot he seems to be the guy that everybody wants to mention and talk about Uh, we talked about a a few weeks ago about how he kind of would fit in the rotation of any team in the NBA and it seems like the um, the the podcast and the national media are picking up on that he got some nice buzz from Zach Lowe today uh, on his podcast 
it's interesting. I'll be really interested to keep an eye on him, see if the Thunder do try to move him, use him as a trade ship moving forward, um, or if they feel like they want to keep Kenny Hustle around. I think it probably all comes back to what are teams willing to pay for a guy like Kenny Hustle. But I don't think you can you can doubt his impact that he brings to the team each and every night. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Comment in the chat from Joseph. He says, Poku played well. Yeah, Poku did. uh, He had a nice first half. He looked extremely aggressive, probably as aggressive as we've seen him this season. He looked like the Poku that came back from the G League bubble last year. Uh, He was really active on defense. He was setting screens. He was moving off the ball. He had some drives to the basket that just kind of made you shake your head. He had one play in particular in the first half where he tipped a pass inside the three-point arc on the Lakers side of the court, took one dribble, and launched and made a dunk on the other end. My guy went like three-fourths of the court on one dribble and dunked it. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Stretch Armstrong, uh, if there ever was one in the NBA. Ridiculous stride length. Um, could probably jump over a car. But really, really fun moments from Poku. He had some typical, like, Poku head scratchers in the second half, you know, air balls and throwing the ball out of bounds and and things like that. But that's to be expected with Poku. I think what you liked out of him was that, that aggressive burst in the first half. If he can show that more often, I think he'll 
he'll hopefully earn more minutes. I think those have been hard to come by for Poku compared to some other young prospects on the roster. But I think it goes back to just like the aggressiveness. That's a choice, you know, whether or not the, the skill level um, is there, whether or not the, the output is there, that's somewhat out of your hands, but the aggressiveness is a choice. If he can continue to play with that aggressiveness and like stay locked in all the time, I think that's how he earns his playing time. That's how he gets more minutes. Another question in the chat from Josh. Why are there so many bad slash weak narratives around the OKC rebuild? Well, there's a lot of good reasons for that. Um, They reignited him last week with the 70 point loss. You lose by 70 points. You're going to get people talking. Uh, People that have not watched a second of Thunder basketball are going to chime in and feel like they have to, to defend the sanctity of the sport and the abomination that's taking place in Oklahoma City or something stupid like that. And we saw a lot of that last week. Beyond that, um, there's just like, there's a, a large contingent of NBA media and NBA Twitter and talking heads that are just so drastically against tanking. And and I get it. Um, you can argue that it goes against the intent of the game. But when you're a small market team like Oklahoma City, what other choice do you have? All the other avenues of improving your team and landing a star don't exist or are not worth pursuing. Like big name free agents are not flocking to Oklahoma City. Um, they couldn't even land Pau Gasol when they had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Like if they're not going to land a big name free agent now. There's also the fact that like if you do somehow like trade for one, what are the odds they're going to stay? Uh, exhibit A, Paul George. Oklahoma City landed a massive trade. They pushed their chips on the table, got Paul George. He signed an extension. Everybody thought like, okay, this is a great success story for small market teams. And now PG's in LA, uh, a decidedly not small market. And I think that that story is just so prevalent throughout the U, uh, throughout the NBA, throughout the U.S. It's tough to overcome. And tanking is one of the only ways that you can kind of tilt the odds in your favor as a small market team you draft a superstar and you have much more control over that superstar's future most guys most young star rookies will sign a rookie extension with their team so you really get to control a large chunk of that player's early career before they inevitably bolt to new york or la which seems to be the case with every other superstar one exception being the uh, Milwaukee, I guess, with Giannis. You could tout that, but who knows? He might, he might be bolting soon, too. So you just really can't guarantee it. So I think when you take that into account and you have a large contingent of the national media and NBA Twitter and things like that coming from those national markets like New York and L.A., there's an obvious bias there towards doing things the New York and the L.A. way. Like L.A. doesn't tank. New York doesn't tank. Brooklyn doesn't tank. And so it it tilts things in that favor. And so they're coming at it with a a kind of a predetermined worldview where they're not looking at the way small markets are kind of forced to do things with the way the league is set up. You also have the group of people that just kind of like believe in the like unwritten rules. And I think unwritten rules are unwritten for a reason because they're stupid. (laughs) So like, oh, you shouldn't tank because you'll upset the basketball gods, man. Like whatever. You you do you. Um, if you want to be the kings forever, you can be the kings forever. Like flirting with a playoff, maybe sometimes, but never doing more than that. 
for a team that I'm a fan of, that's not what I want. Is it not fun when you lose by 70 points to the Grizzlies? Absolutely. Uh, but when you look at a guy like Paulo Bancaro, maybe that would make it a little better. Obviously not a guarantee. Losing by 70 does not guarantee you get Paulo Bancaro, but it doesn't hurt. Rod Gilman in the chat says, people who are against tanking should support a hard cap. Also interesting, uh, Oklahoma City has been famously screwed by cap rules in the past in regards to maintaining some of their superstars. We all know that so well. Um, but really, it's just it's a it's a tough scenario for small market teams, and it's why they just don't have as many superstar players. It's why they don't have as many championships as the big market teams. When you can land a successful string of draft picks, we've seen the type of run you can have. We've seen it in Oklahoma City. We've seen it in San Antonio. We're seeing it now in Milwaukee. It's not without luck, but you have to do what you can to control what you can. And right now, what Oklahoma City can control is trying to up their odds at a top draft pick because that is where the superstars lie. Great questions in the chat. Thank you for everybody that sent them in. Keep them coming. Um, I do want to talk briefly about Darius Baisley. The Darius Baisley roller coaster continues once again. Nine points tonight for Bays, three of seven shooting, one of five from behind the arc, seven boards, two assists, three steals. Active on the defensive end, um, Bays had some flashes again, uh, but he also just uh, continues to have like head scratching moments and like lack of aggressiveness and kind of similar to what I just talked about with Poku, where it's like, he just doesn't always feel like he's locked in the entire time. You want to see Baisley just stay consistent and be locked in and be giving maximum effort throughout an entire game. And then put that into the next game and then put that into the next game. Um, some of you on thunder Twitter, not so thrilled about Bays. I get it. Um, we had somebody who I think replied to almost every one of our tweets tonight from the account saying that we need to trade Bays. There's a comment in the chat right now of Sabonis for Bays. He's he's not lived up to what I think his potential is. There's still a chance. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily writing him off yet, but he's got to start to show it soon. Or I think the trade realities for Baisley start to become a lot more real. Sabonis is interesting, though. Um, there's been some buzz that the Pacers are interested in trading for Sabonis. The age is a little off when you compare it to the rest of the Thunder's young core, but we know the Thunder loves Sabonis. They were very high on him when he was coming into the draft. They're very high on him after they traded for him and he played on the Thunder. And, you know, you give him up to get PG. You make that trade every day of the week. But I think if the Thunder could get him back, they might be interested. I just don't know how he fits with like what the new vision of the Thunder is. Uh, but definitely interesting, you know, depending on what the deal is and depending on how Sam Presti feels about it, it could be worth exploring. We will see. Uh, comment in the chat. I wrote off Bayes already. Um, I don't think you're alone, Joseph. I think a, a, a lot of people um, have have done the same. Uh, I hope for Bayes' sake, he turns it around. I think he he still has talent and he has that burst. He's just got to find consistency. And, and that's been the thing we've harped on over and over with Bayes' inconsistency. 
He's got to be able to bring something to the floor every night, be a positive contributor, not necessarily the star, not necessarily take a game over, but if you can be a positive contributor, like what we've seen from JRE so far this season, you don't have to be dominant, but you have to be a net positive. We don't always get that out of Bayes. Looking ahead for OKC, Oklahoma City faces Dallas on Sunday, 6 p.m. start for that one, then Wednesday against New Orleans before closing out the week Saturday against the Clippers. That'll conclude a four-game homestand for Oklahoma City. Uh, Tough stretch of games. Um, Dallas has struggled recently, but they still have Luka Doncic, and Luka Doncic is a force. Um, New Orleans, uh, maybe Zion, maybe. And then the Clippers, uh, Paul George has, has been on a tear. Clippers have been up and down, but still uh, those three games, no, no slouch for the Thunder. It'll be interesting to see how their record shakes out over the next week as they went two and one this past week with wins over Detroit and Toronto before tonight's loss against the Lakers. We will be right back here with you all for it all after every game live streaming on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, as well as ripping the audio and posting it right after to your podcast feeds, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure not to miss our live stream group show where we break down bigger picture stuff. The week that was the week ahead and big NBA themes every Sunday night at 9 PM central. Check that out this week. Uh, we'll be breaking down the Dallas game. And then again, giving some of those big picture thoughts. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people find us, and we really, really appreciate it. You guys have been awesome this season. Uh, There's been lots of highs, lots of lows, and lots of roster exploration. But we thank you all for joining us for every Thunder game. Until next time, Thunder up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.